because we've all had like those rental cars that we've loved, right? Like the ones that you would like take pictures of, you know, or take a picture and like you have it in the background and you're like, yeah, this is what I'm driving. Or the ones you don't take a picture of because you don't want to get in trouble with your wife. Oh, I see that you're just out in California having fun in your Jaguar. <laughs> Running around with your handkerchiefs in your pockets. <laughs> so good. Yes, you. I'm talking to you. Yeah, you know who you are. You're the Slowdown Podcast subscriber, tuning in, wondering, what kind of shenanigans are the boys going to get into today? Well, you're in the right place to find out, because on no other podcast can you find out what kind of shenanigans we're going to get into only on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We had a monster truck rally. (laughs) Sunday, Sunday, <laughs> Sunday, for a limited time only. How's that? Did you guys like that intro? I've been working all week on that. <laughs> all week. Yeah. There, I, I felt like I was at a monster truck rally back in North Carolina. But the beginning, you Great didn't think that you were. Out. No, no, the beginning of it, I thought you might be hitting on me. That's the point. Awkwardness. <laughs> it's one of the many things that I do well. You do. You do that one well. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. You're like, you're like the Michael Jordan of making things <laughs> awkward. <laughs> nice true detective reference. I like that. Great. Yeah, man, you got to bring those in. I love it. I love it, man. Keep it up. Keep it up. The other true detective reference that I want to say, I can't say on this podcast or else it would be explicit, but yeah. Yeah. You just have to hold on to that one. Speaking of explicit and moments in life where you might shout out things that you wouldn't normally shout out or might regret a few minutes later, I heard um, recently at the Exponential Conference, heading there, um, that there might have been some of those moments for, for Ryan and for Josh, mm. the guys in the network here. I heard about this. From riding with one of our retired friends, who's also a part of the network. <laughs> Also Jim. an AARP member. <laughs> we love you, Jim. He has a very seriously dangerous dock behind his house. I think there was, um, there was some, fun, some fun driving escapades, man, on the way to that conference. Mm. Would you agree, Ryan? I would. It was, it, it was almost like Nintendo had put out like a new virtual reality simulator. <laughs> And I was getting to live in Mario Kart. You were just dodging banana peels all over the place. <laughs> Turtle shells and and yeah, it was That's amazing, dude. I heard at some point Jim said, I think there's a secret tunnel over here. <laughs> Let's drive <laughs> off the road left into this field. <laughs> it wasn't that quite that bad, but, so but good. uh we dude did thought he was Mario Andretti. 
Yeah, Mario Andretti in a in a construction zone. <laughs> <laughs> so we love Jim. Jim drives a nice ride. And yeah, I remember dropping off Josh on the way there and saying, "Hey, man, we, like we're in a hurry. We got to get there." So tell Jim, please try to keep up. We get on the interstate. And within like a minute, this dude flies by me and just, he's like, he's disappeared. And I don't know if you're listening in right now, if you've ever driven in Florida, but there are zero hills here. So for someone to disappear quickly <laughs> on an interstate, means they're like really moving. Yeah. Don't, hey man, one thing I learned is you don't mess with Jim. Jim gets stuff done. Yes. And I remember when we were um, at the house, when we got into um, Orlando, we were all settling in. Uh, Russ cooked out some steaks. Uh, we had a nice dinner together, had some, had some drinks, had some laughs. And a lot of guys were meeting each other for the very first time. Um, and I was just like, I was making fun of Jim for being old. And I cracked a, I cracked a couple. Of, I didn't crap anything. I cracked. <laughs> I cracked. Jim was the one who crapped. I was just cracking jokes. <laughs> you had his adult diaper on because <laughs> just messing. But um, I was I was making fun of Jim because he was old, similar in a similar way to what I'm doing right now. And he straight up just punched me right in the stomach as hard as he could, and I toppled over trying to catch my breath. I'm like, okay, noted. Stop making fun of Jim. You do not make fun of Jim. There's a song on a podcast where he can't get to us. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know how technology works. <laughs> in Jim's defense, he's just in his in his fifties, late fifties. He's not that old. Yeah, and he's a Ray guy. But the I guess the story was just the fun of drive and Jim blowing all of our expectations. <laughs> all right, so <laughs> I think we need to quit picking on Jim here and his driving abilities or inabilities um as we've been talking about and uh really depends on how you see it (laughs) (laughs) and get into uh what we're going to be talking about today because really we're talking and continuing a conversation on church as as family and sometimes despite how how bad a brother drives you just need to need to love him because he's part of the body he's been reconciled alongside of you so um, yeah, I think we can right? <laughs> Jim and his lead, lead foot in this lead foot, lead Zeppelin playing. Um, and again, I think it just all depends on how you come at this. For me, I'm like, I'm proud to call this dude a, a brother because of his driving abilities. Shake I will say the one redeeming thing about it was the soundtrack that he played was incredible. It was just a lot of classic rock hits and yeah. So yeah, probably like guardians of the galaxy level. It was Good. close, yeah. Nice, yeah. yeah. I'm, I, I'm just knowing Jim. I'm sure you, you had, for sure, you had some Tom Petty tracks playing while he was weaving in and out oh, of yeah. traffic in Tom oh, Petty's yeah. home state of Florida. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, 85 miles an hour with with free falling. That's the way to go. <laughs> yeah, I bet you fell like you were free falling. <laughs> <laughs> so good, and I love this man. Just thinking about. You know, as much as we laugh about it, I mean, there is something true, right? As we as we continue our conversation in the podcast about church's family, as in it's a people, not a place, right? Uh, it's 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 simply who we are as followers of Jesus, and we're just yeah. reminded, you know, when we laugh about these things, that there are real things in life that really do um, cause issues, right, among one another, and create can create like legitimate tiffs and 
and temper tantrums, etc. But I love just thinking about, you know, some of the passages like, like Romans 12, 16, where it says, you know, we live in harmony and peace with one another because we have peace with God, our Christ. Right? Or we care for one another, as 1 Corinthians 12 says, and we carry one another's burdens because Jesus bore our sin and burden in his body on the cross. And so on one hand, like we, we laugh about these things, but there is a legitimate reality to honing in on the fact that, man, the church is who we are. <laughs> and right in all of our frail and foolish ways yeah uh, we are definitely a flawed people but yet we're fully loved fully accepted and we do truly live and dwell in perfect harmony with one another it's just really the question of do we believe that or not yeah, so, yeah it's not something we're working toward it's something we're maintaining yes it's right? already Which, true it's something we're living out of or living into which paul talks about he, he doesn't say, hey, go develop unity in the spirit. Go create unity in the spirit. And there's yes. so many things in our world that's all about trying to create unity. And what's so other, you might say, <laughs> right, manufacture it. And it's like a call from everywhere coming at us in all the midst of uh, just the disconnects in society over class and race and you know, all the you know, political views. And again, I'm all for unity, but what I love about the, the beauty of the gospel is God's going, I've already created unity. It's yes. already been, it's already at hand. Unity with me, unity with one another in the reconciliation of my son's life, death, and resurrection. Mm -hmm. If you'll just believe this, unity can become something that you maintain by the Spirit's power, not something that's draining all of you because you're trying to create it in your flesh. Yeah. And man, that's such an invitation to, to see that, to start to see people in and around us as, as those who, uh, in a sense, we have a common solidarity with because right. of this resurrection. And there are those that believe this, right? Which the scriptures would refer to as the church, the body of Christ in the world. And there's those who haven't believed this yet. But what I, what I love in our conversation, just kind of coming off of our last week's podcast, is just realizing that it's an identity that we have. We are family. The call is to maintain the unity that we already have. And then I think from there, we start to move into what does it look like to live this out, right? To function as the body of Christ, to, yeah. to be the church. We already know it's who we are. We already know it's not an event we attend. We already know it's not a building that sits on the corner, right? On First Avenue, mm -hmm. you know, at the corner of Church Street. It's, it's literally a people all over the world scattered in all nooks and crannies of society and can gather right. in large places all the way down to around, you know, a table in a living room, dining room. This is, this is who we are. And I think for our conversation today is we start to move into, okay, so what's it look like to live, to live this out, which naturally bleeds into the reclaim seven, like life is just life as missionaries, right? Like life as the people of God, like walking in the very thing that Jesus invited us into. The timeless things. Things that don't yeah. change. Yeah, that the church is, is simply who we are. And, and one of the ways we often refer to that, that, that reality that we have is, is realizing that who God is and what he's doing in the world is really all we have. Yeah. Right. We, we really did come from nothing, <laughs> you know, in and of ourselves. <laughs> you know, when, when we die, we're all going to stand before our maker in our birthday suits. And the only thing we're going to have is him in front of us. That's yeah. it. And, and I think it's, it's easy to forget that and start to think that all the things that we're creating in the here and now are like as if 
like there's something we can really grab onto. But the truth is God is really all we have and what he's doing in the world is all we can really be a part of that's lasting. Yeah. And so I love the fact that we can realize, Hey, we are the church. It's who we are because of a, of a deed and declaration of Jesus. And we can start to hone in on this, this reality as a, as a, as someone who lives and dwells and walks with the only true missional community that's ever existed. Hmm. Father, son, Holy spirit. And this is coming from a guy that if you're, you know, in tune with the church conversation, missional communities has been like a really popular thing over the last probably 10 years. Yeah, it has. It's this idea around that conversation. Yeah. (laughs) It's uh, this idea of like, you know, a community of people that are trying to live out the, their identity as the church. They're trying to walk in the things that Jesus has called them to. And it's easy to, to, to turn that into something that's um, draining. Something that's, that's actually an opposition Mm -hmm. if you're not careful. And what I found to be very joyful, I guess you would be a word to put it. Something that I found a lot of joy in is, is realizing that the father, son, and Holy spirit is the only true missional community that's ever existed with perfect love right? Perfect unity, perfect commitment to one another, perfect deferring to one another and right. Mm. And what they do. And, you know, just going back to our reclaim one, two, three conversation of who is Jesus and what was his mission and what does it look like to know him, to walk with him. We know that from the scriptures, we live and dwell at the table that God set before the world. We live in relationship with God, you could say, because we live and dwell in one who's at that table. Yeah. The son is our life. And so not only does this make us a part of his body, the body of Christ, again, the church in the world, but it also starts to point us to, we get to participate in what this missional community is still doing on this side of the veil. Yeah. What the father, son, and spirit are doing today is something that we've been invited into. Right. And to walk in this is, is to walk out what it means to be the church. Mm-hmm. Again, we're not saying if you go do all these things, well, now you're the church. No. Or you have to do, yeah, maintain all this stuff in order to be. Right. Maintain we're, your status. Keep your membership up, man. Right. All these things we've been handed versus this timeless truth of, no, you are the church by a deed and declaration of Jesus and by faith. This is who you are. Amen. And now you get to look around and go, man, I, I how do I walk this out now? How do I live and dwell in the things of God? Yeah. What he's doing in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's where our conversation goes today. No, that's great. I think it's, um, I'm glad you introed it that way and to connect the function of the church to a number of different things that we've already um, talked about. And I think um, it's so easy to separate freedom from family that we talk about good news and we talk about gospel we talk about the work of jesus and we rarely connect it to our life today and especially the conversation on mission because if there's one thing and as i you know i tip my hat to that we we met around that conversation i was coming to a conference to get you know some some missional geometry shapes centered around missional communities i was going to transition all of our small groups into missional communities which probably all that would have meant was me just changing the name of small groups to missional communities and writing a cool <laughs> paper with a bunch of like awesome <laughs> missional theology done in, that right with like while nothing changed at all that's exactly the path i was headed down um and when you hit me with this idea that um that the the trinity is the really only only true missional community in the world 
Um, and all we really have is a work that he's doing. Um, and then I think you connected it to this idea of instead of like fruit being something we chase after and manufacture, it's something that we walk in and enjoy as he bears it. And so I remember my world getting like rocked in that. And then later mm. on that one, um, that one quote, that's, it, it means so much to me. I share it all the time. Um, we trip into the beautiful mystery of a certain someone, capital S someone in others' lives and we play along. Yeah. It's the difference between genuine fruit that comes from God and fake plastic fruit. And so I think having, um, having an idea and a framework and an understanding of mission that is not so much, okay, here we go. We got this mission. Like God gives us like a bucket of seeds and a water hose and sends us out into an empty field to go and like till it and plant seeds and water and all these things. In Luke 10, Jesus says that really the, the harvest, it's actually already ripe. It's ready to be plucked. It's ready to be gathered. And the prayer he says is pray for laborers, pray for missionaries, yeah. pray for people who have a heart for, for others. Um, there's just so much, there's so much freedom in that. It goes back to that illustration of like dad cutting the grass and us walking behind him with the Fisher price bubble, you know, lawnmower and, <laughs> right. and all that. Um, and I wonder if one thing that we have to add to people is, especially as we're on the, the front end, the precipice, if you will, I have to throw that big word in. I write for a living, you know. Um, actually, I just rely heavily on spellcheck and grammarly.com. So thank you. That's my work secret there. Because um, I still say really stupid things. Um, but no, no, continue with the precipice. <laughs> There's one thing that we can add to this is I feel like this the, the conversation about mission is it's so chock full of pressure, rhythms, processes, programs, formulas, and all these things. And I think what yeah. we're what we're saying is a um it's not so much that the church, right, has a mission but it's that God's mission has a church. That's not a new thought, right? I got that from Chris Wright, but it's so true mm -hmm. that it's like, dude, like, can we just die to this idea uh, that we're accomplishing anything? Mm. And, and, and instead, you know, we talk about dying to the project of self. How about die to the project of reaching your city mm. and really just see that right? God has done something and is doing something that he's invited us into. And there's joy, man, as we just with faith enter into this harvest that's already ripe and ready to roll. We just need to gather to sit down, slow down, enjoy, declare, point to, not build, not advance, not grow, right? We walk in something the true missional community is doing. Yeah. yeah. I think too, some of this conversation about missional community, it, it comes out of a good space at least that's been my experience like the missional community push came from hey church is not a building right church is not an event that we attend and so the the response was okay let's go actually do something right let's get out of the pews out of our seats and actually go do things but the problem in that is that we still wrongly define what the church is. We go from church as building to church as activity when in truth church is identity. Hmm. Uh, and, and so good point, it, Ryan. It's, yeah. uh, it's weird because yeah, it's not this like 
total evil corruption of it. It's just this, it's like we missed the mark almost. Yeah, no, I like what you, I think that there's a lot of frustration, um, especially from church leaders who have for the last 20 years, we've been catering to people's consumeristic, you know, like impulses and, and wants and, and all that only to find that, man, we really just have disciple people in, in a version of church that's observational and passive. So then we think that the way out of that is, you know, like yelling at them and <laughs> quoting things like, you know, Spurgeon was famous as saying, like, if you're not a missionary, you're an imposter, you know, and just like laying it on thick, you know? Yeah. Oh, dude, I used to love that quote. Yeah. I, used, yeah. I shared that quote often while I had zero friends that I was discipling. <laughs> and so, you know, the hypocrisy in the, in it is just, was just thick with me. And I think with a lot of other leaders too. So I like what you're saying. You think uh, the, the, the answer is out of inactivity or non-discipleship that the answer is just skip right ahead to activity and right. discipleship, but fail to connect it to identity mm -hmm. and good news. And that is such a passion for us to say, Whoa, whoa stop. Yeah. Let's not forget good news because good news is not just the entry point. It's not just how you start. It's not just how you, you know, become a Christian and then, okay, cool. Let's move on now to all these other cool things that he told us to do and not to do. And let's be sure we do and do not do them. I would say that's, that's for sure. The, the aim, the push, it's, it's almost as if you can look at it through the lens that we've already been diving into this conversation of what does it really mean to be a Christian and this idea of like growth and change and right. These, these words of like justification. Yeah, I get that. That's my salvations in Jesus, but what about sanctification? And we spent a number of the last few podcasts really dialing, dialing into what the scriptures say about that versus a lot of what we've been handed. Yeah. But I feel like you can tie that same heart disconnect in that conversation to the, identity right as church and mission conversation because there is this 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 like law loving nature that we have that that's petrified of the indignity of indiscriminate grace hmm. right even though that's all we have and that's all we you know, it's our only hope there's something in us that's just no 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 I, I will not have no part of this of this indignity again of this indiscriminate grace I want the dignity of disciplined action, mm -hmm. right? Grace and works. You could call it the dignity of disciplined works. I want to be able to point to what I'm doing and what I'm not doing. I want to be able to use it to, to measure my growth and measure other people. And these are the things that God has called us to. And of course, we, we know that's very opposite of what Jesus has actually invited you into. And if there's a certificate involved in all this, or even some fake plastic jewels that I can put, that would be great too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Gold if anything... Star. You just give me some more shapes that I can, you know, add to my, my belt here. But I feel like you can bring that even into this conversation. It's, it's almost like there, we will find some rest in the grace of God, but then we completely forget about who he is and all that he's done as we move into walking with God. Hmm. And now it's like, okay, yeah, I got all that. But, but now it's like the discipline work of, of rhythms and right. Or even the disciplines themselves. And I think we have to be cautious with that because the more I look at the scriptures, I feel like a lot of these things that we've chalked up as disciplines of the church can almost be invitations to the church. Um, I don't actually see Jesus saying, here are the disciplines that I walk in. Now you go do these things. Hmm. I see him constantly pointing to a picture of what God is like that's beyond anything we could grasp. A picture of our identity as sons and daughters, right? 
because he's now become our very like our our brother the scriptures say it's just so wild and what he did was right is is done it's finished he sat down at the right hand of the father Mm-hmm. And now he looks out and says, the kingdom is at hand because the king is already at hand in every place. And you now are my people mm-hmm. by faith alone. Mm-hmm. And by that faith, I'm going to invite you to walk into things that I'm doing, to come join me. And two things ultimately, right, that Jesus called us into, to love people and to disciple people. Yeah. Right? When you take all that he that he called us into it's right. Love God and love others. He says for everything hinges on this. And then he looks at some people and says, Hey, acts one, you're going to be my witnesses in the world. You're not going to be the jury. You're not going to be the judge. You're Mm -hmm. not going to be the prosecutor. (laughs) You're not going to be the defense attorney. I don't need that. Just so we're clear. You're just going to be my witnesses. And what does a witness do? And as a, as a kid who got in a lot of trouble growing up, I know this from like courtroom (laughs) settings, Witnesses don't do anything other than testify to what they know is true. Second hmm. Corinthians five, he says, it, right, Paul tells us that in Christ, we've been made ambassadors. We've been given the ministry of reconciliation, which makes sense because that's what Jesus was doing when he was here. Right. It would make sense for us to look at the church as who we are and go, yeah, maybe we should spend our time doing what Jesus did and saying what Jesus said. I don't know, like for me personally, my, my whole first years in ministry were all spent on orchestrating church services, sermons and songs, right, for people to come to, and then other programs that help them along the way. Then I eventually saw some of the downside in that and moved to that, plus the missional community conversation. Nothing wrong with any of these things. And we're, like, by any means, we make this known all the time on the podcast. We're not opposed to church gatherings of any size. We're all for getting together and celebrating. But there is something to be said about Look at how much time we spend doing what Jesus never did. Hmm. Jesus never put on these services, never told us to do this, never told us to go to them. Are we free to do it? Sure. But think about the fact that what he did do was love people and disciple people in the everyday. Yeah. And this is who he is. This is what he's still doing in the world. And if we live and dwell in him as the body of Christ, it would make sense for us to join him in that, not as a discipline, not as a checklist, as an invitation to be yeah. a part of that. Yeah. Even if you look at the gospels towards the end of his life, he really just gives the church two things to do um, in his last days in the upper room, right? His last moments. Um, he raises a cup and raises bread and says, really this whole celebration of right. Redemption and Exodus is really all just pointing to me. I'm the fulfillment of this. So yeah. every time you have this meal, raise this cup, right? eat this bread. You do this in remembrance of me. We call that like, you know, communion or, you know, there's a number of different ways that we can, we can say that. Um, and then right before he ascends Matthew 28, which we're going to be diving into next podcast. Um, it's this idea of go right. Teach, but baptize. And then these two things he told us to do, right. Eat communion, right. Have this meal together (laughs) and baptism. And at the core of each of these is this idea Right. Again, just pause really quick. I love before I get into that. So simple meal, dunk people in water. (laughs) Right. And there's so much wrapped up in, in it, it points to so much of the richness of, of, of how he's rescued us and raised us in baptism. But at the core of these two things is just the simple reality of gathering and scattering. The only two things he told us to do, 
when you come together, remember me, eat this meal, and may I be like the, the focus of this because you're all, you only have a life in me, right? right? So share this meal, right, in remembrance of me and baptize. Go. Beautiful feet spread good news. There were no events. There were no buildings. There were no hoopla to invite people to. It was everyday people in the marketplace with good news in hand as reconciled people with the ministry of reconciliation and the word of reconciliation scattered throughout the world. Yeah, man. And then just gathering around the simplicity of the homes, right? And the homes, I should say, and around the tables of these everyday people. Yeah. So simple, so beautiful, yet so rich. I want to I read like, that quote. Can I read that quote that Joey sent? Do it, man. I was actually, yeah. I've got it right here on my phone. Oh, really? You were thinking the same thing? Yeah, man. Do it. You do no, it. no, no, no. You go. Okay. Um, so this is from Eugene Peterson. I forget which book it is. Um, but um, this is from our buddy, Joey. Joey Mayfield, Lafayette, Indiana. What up, Joey? Uh, he sent this to Russ and I last night. Peterson says this, the many dimension reality of salvation is preserved not by a truth that we must figure out or by an ethical behavior that we must carry out, but in a meal to eat. Not everyone can comprehend a doctrine. Not everyone can obey a precept, but everyone can eat a piece of bread, drink a cup of wine and understand a simple statement. My body, my blood. I maintain continuity with the killed and raised Jesus who is salvation, not by learning something or by performing something, but by eating a meal. Wow. Wow. So there it is. The heart of who we are, a people, the church, the body of Christ, and the simplicity of what we can do as those people. So fleshing that out, all the, you know, the various uh, elements of this in our everyday lives, that's where we go next. But in the meantime, I feel like this, that's a, just a great point to just hit a stop button and just let that really sink into our hearts and minds over the week. So grace and peace to you. Until next time.